Well, hello everyone. My name is Paul Henderson. I'm the administrative pastor at Capstone Church here in Fort Worth, Texas. I'm also the host of this podcast called Fringes of the Faith. And if you're watching or listening, you've tuned in to season three, which is a brand new season. And on this podcast, we cover some pretty controversial topics. We don't shy away from them. But I would just like to say as a disclaimer that some of the views and the opinions expressed by our special guests on this program do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Capstone Church or its leadership. But I will say that we do hold to one opinion that's the most important to us. It's the opinion of the Bible. So whatever the Bible says is what we believe. And so with that, we thank you for watching. Hope to hear from you soon. God bless you. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Table of Fringe. I'm Paul Henderson, administrative pastor here at Capstone Church in Fort Worth, Texas. And sitting next to me is a very awesome guy. This is George Stutzman, and he is a member of Capstone Church. Welcome, George. I'm privileged to be here. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Good, good. We're so glad to have you here today. It's, it's, it's an awesome honor to have you as our guest. And in, in the last episode, George... In the last episode, we also had another guest, and that was Dr. John Savell, and he talked to us about the history of the psychiatry in regards to same-sex attraction and homosexuality, lesbianism, transgenderism, and all the other alities and isms that used to be classified as a mental illness in the DSM. We also talked a little bit about the general lack of scientific evidence linking being gay with ge- the uh, genetic code uh, and or any kind of biological influence. So today, however, uh, we're going to continue our discussion on this topic and, and with our very, very special guest here on Fringes of the Faith, who I've already introduced. This is George, and he has some very significant insight into being gay or homosexual. And, and that's, George, that's, that's what I want to ask you about. Now, you used to be gay, correct? Well, I, I would say homosexual as opposed to gay. Okay, and why, why is that? What's the difference between being gay and being homosexual? The understanding that I have is, is that a gay person is openly showing his sexual identity. He's not hiding it. He's very, he's very proud of it, and he, you know, he lets everybody know. Okay. A, a homosexual can, will still be doing the same things, but he hides those things. He's not as he doesn't, um, pr- you know, pronounce. He doesn't uh, do as obvious as the other people do. Okay, so in other words, one's out and loud, right? Okay, and and the other one is more secretive. Secretive or or, or seeks to blend in. Seeks to blend in. Okay, with the general community. Okay, now George, for those of us that 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 may not know. You or those uh, listening out there, or, or especially if you're watching on YouTube, that may not know you. Mm-hmm. Now you suffer from Parkinson's disease. Is that correct? That's right. Okay. Now, how long have you have you had that? I've had it over eleven years. Eleven years, and that's and that's causing some of the involuntary movements of your body, right? Right. Okay. Uh, okay. I just wanted to to let the folks know that uh, what they may be seeing um, is a is a condition known as Parkinson's disease. I'm sure you've heard all about it. Um, so let's get back to our topic. Okay. So George, let me ask you what you, you have a story to tell. I do. 
and, and it, it deals specifically with this topic of homosexuality, right? Mm-hmm. Well, why don't you go ahead and, and just kind of give us an idea of, of who you are, who you were, um, so we'll have a better understanding where you're coming from. Okay. I want to, pre- I want to preface my, my, my remarks about homosexuality with the, the way I grew up um, as a small child. I, um, I did not connect with my father the way, that, the way that I should have. I was what they called a mama's boy. I beca- became effeminate, um, refusing to play with boys, playing only with girls. I began to see myself as a, as a girl in my imagination. And of course the boys called me all kinds of names. But um, it was, I had an experience with, with God when I was about 10 or 11. I believe many of you had that same type of experience. I was sitting in a church, and I, I don't remember what the preacher was, was preaching about. He wasn't a, a very strong-voiced pastor. He had a very gentle voice. But all of a sudden, I felt this strange sensation in my, in my chest. I never felt anything like it in my life, but I knew it was God. And I had told, I had told uh, the church that I wasn't going to join the church until God told me to. So when I experienced that sensation, which I now know was the conviction of the Holy Spirit, I went down the aisle and told the the pastor that I was going to join the church. And so, anyway, um, that's where God got hold of me initially. But when I was 12, about 12, uh, I I heard a a voice speak to me. It wasn't my voice. It It was a... invisible voice and, and the, the voice said you are a homosexual and I said I'm not going to tell anybody about that I'll take that to my grave you know children say think strange things sometimes but as I grew up I developed the reputation even though I wasn't um, engaging in homosexual relations I was attracted to the to the same sex and it was like I was you know the pink elephant in the room. Most most of my peers thought I was gay. They never would say it. Or sometimes they, when they were really mean, they would say it. But I, I lived with that uh, bondage until I went to a... I, went to, I had an experience with God at 18, and I, I tried to... I, I stayed with a family in church and we had we had a, a, a pastor that was a leader, and I looked up to him and I thought he'll he'll help me, but um, the, the 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 church group broke up, and I thought I can never put another man on the on an as an idol because he'll let me down. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I I told the Lord that when I, right before I went to college, you're going to have to protect me because I I feel like. If, you know, if if another man approaches me and um, solicits me solicits me for sex, I won't be able to resist him. And so the Lord was faithful to me and kept me out of those those encounters. But I still had lust in my heart. I still had the desire for other men. And so in the, my senior year of college, I asked God to remove His protection from me. I'm not I'm not proud of that, but I was very selfish. And so I had sexual relations with two different men. And you know, I was a Christian. And, I, and uh, so as a result, I 
fell into in bondage to depression and suicidal thoughts that I could not get out of my head. I finally said in desperation, God, I've got to have more of you than I've ever had. I said, I feel like the prodigal son. I'm coming back to you, God. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I'm going to seek you until I find you. And then um, this young woman that I grew up with invited me to a, a home Bible study. And these people had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Most of them had. And eventually, I received that, that experience too. Um, that's where God gave me more ability, supernatural ability to live for Him. And then uh, he, he began to speak to me in different places, moved me from one church to another. Um, and I finally got to the point where I realized God was purifying me. It wasn't me doing it. It was God doing it. Anytime you receive a work of transformation in your life, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the presence of God. And now I hunger and thirst for the presence of God. Mm -hmm. Because when you experience it, the living water that the Samaritan woman asked for, you'll want more of what is God and less of what, what was your former life. That's really good, George. Um, I'm touched by that. Um, so just to be clear, while you were continuing to struggle with same-sex attraction and, and homosexuality, um, you were seeking God, and he was protecting you uh, because he loves you. Of course, right. he loves all of us. And he continued to protect you. And so when you really sought the Lord to say, I want more of you, God, then it wasn't a, a, an immediate transformation from homosexuality to heterosexuality. Uh, it was more of a gradual, a slow process. Is that right? That's true. And one reason I think that it took so long is that it was basically um, not talked about. You know, it was like, I was doing it in secret, mm. and that 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 stunts the process. You need to be able to to be open to some people about it, let them know what you're struggling with, let them help you. You you can't you know the body of Christ wasn't isn't made up of isolated members. We're all working together in the same body to to represent Christ in the earth. So I didn't have any mentors until I was in my early thirties. Uh, young men who were not homosexual, who took me on camping trips, who helped me feel like I was one of them. And that was very important in my, um, in my accepting myself as a man. Because for many years, I was reluctant to say I was a man. After, especially after fantasizing about being a, a girl growing up. But I, you know, as I grow in Christ, I accept more and more of, of the masculine identity that he has for me. And um, anyway. Well, George, that's powerful. That's a powerful testimony. And, and I think that you and I talked beforehand and you said one of the most important things, if you are out there and you're struggling with same-sex attraction or homosexuality or lesbianism or, or uh, you know, just in that whole, that whole cultural and, and 
identification uh, process that mentors mentors are 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 a key mm-hmm. right critical a critical key having mentors and so is it is it do you find or do you feel like uh, someone to mentor is that is that hard to come by is that are they or is a mentor that's willing to to do this is it are they hard to find i believe that you can contact churches and they will be honest whether or not they um, help homosexuals and other people that that have sexual addictions to um, they'll let them know if they have a, a ministry to help them mm. and a, a good ministry has mentors you know you don't just come to a class and sit and then, and then go out and do whatever you want but you have someone that you're accountable to and you you begin to develop relationships with if you're a man then that struggles with homosexuality then you want to work with heterosexual men likewise a woman who has been who has been lesbian needs to associate and identify with uh, heterosexual women and you know i've experienced other facets of the of this uh, you know platform of different types of sexual identities I, you know i even thought about when i was a teenager i even thought about having a sex change but of course i couldn't I couldn't muster up the courage, or, or I wasn't that I wasn't that intent on doing it. But I, I certainly thought about it. But um, you ne- you need someone that is a is a is a spirit filled pastor or a leader. And they the, the word of God is so essential because your identity becomes with Jesus, and you learn that. It's what Jesus says about you. It's not what the world says about you. And the only way you're going to find out what Jesus says about you is to watch Christian programs because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Studying the written word. Then you're partaking of Jesus. And the more you pursue him, the more you will experience change. Ultimately, the transformation in you is a work of the Holy Spirit. And... um, you become a t- temple of God. So George, you and I talked a little bit earlier as well about some of the experiences that I had with the gay community and um, my experiences is vastly different. Of course, those of you that know me, I was in law enforcement for 20 years and part of my uh, duties at one point in my tenure was the public information officer, which meant, you know, anytime something happened uh, that the media um, grabbed a hold of, I was the one responsible for the, for the statements of the police department. And it just so happens that, um, on June 28th of 2008, that's the role I was in. I was working as the chief of staff in the Fort Worth police department. And early that morning, a group of uniformed officers, along with some Texas state troopers, they conducted a bar raid on the rainbow lounge, which was a, a brand new gay bar at the time that had just opened. And during that raid, uh, officers made several arrests for public intoxication, and, and one arrest actually resulted in a significant head injury, a concussion of one of the patrons. And that brought worldwide media attention to the incident, and it really brought um, a lot of community activism to the doorsteps of City Hall in Fort Worth. And I've never seen a community rally behind 
uh, an incident like like the community did and it was really eye-opening and and so you can just imagine the rift that that caused between the gay community and the police department in the city uh, city leaders and and so what do you do when that happens and you're and you're the guy you're the guy that's responsible for uh, you know trying to figure out how to put this public relations nightmare puzzle that had been shattered back together and and so what we did and is in an effort to try to heal all the hurt is we set up I mean just meeting after meeting after meeting and and I really made a lot of really good friends in the gay community and you know I have to tell you something George um the gay community is one of the most caring loving friendly and accepting communities in existence I really believe in the in the existence um they're warm they're welcoming and they're really no different than any other community, uh, with with an exception. And, and this is kind of a big exception. Unlike other communities uh, that tend to be closed off, um, the gay community will accept you where you are, where you're at, for who you are, without any prejudice, without any judgments. And so, you know, when you think about yourself, George, um, for those that struggled with sexual identity, the gay community is a very attractive option. It really is because they not only accept you, they celebrate you. Mm-hmm. And right. okay. And so if you really think about it, think about it this, especially for you believers out there, I want you to think about this, that the gay community is almost, and I say almost a perfect reflection of the way that the Christian community is supposed to be it's supposed to operate. But there's one major difference in the gay community you're welcome and you're loved and you're accepted and you're celebrated and you're encouraged to embrace who you are and to never change. Don't let anybody change you in the Christian community. If it's operating the way it's supposed to, you are welcomed and you're loved and you're accepted and you're celebrated and you're encouraged to allow God to transform who you are into being more like Christ. Does that make sense? It does. Okay, so while the gay community encourages you to remain who you are, God transforms you to become more like Jesus in the Christian faith. And Jesus, by the way, was not gay. Um, That's correct. He was not gay. And so do you agree with any of this, George? Does that make any sense to you? It does. I find that um, churches that welcome homosexuals to to come in and, and observe the service and have a a group of men and women that are work, willing to work with with them um, has be, has a much better chance of success as, as far as far as the decision to leave homosexuality, to leave the lifestyle. You still have to deal with the inner man, and the, but the more support you have and the more open you can be about what your struggle is, I think the results will be quicker. And uh, I was thinking t- today about how Jesus said, repent and be baptized. Repent means to turn away from. And at some point, if you want to meet the will of God in your life, you've got to turn away from your former lifestyle. You may have to, you may, you may have to uh, turn away, you probably have to turn away from your associates or your friends in the gay community if they're, if they're trying to change, you know, change your mind for you. It has to be your personal decision. But God is willing that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And he loves us. He loves us through the process. That's important. That's important to understand that he does. 
He loves every each one of us through all the processes that all of us have to to come to an understanding that we've got to change. Um, it's not just the gay community. It's not, you know, it's everybody. Everybody comes into this world as part of a sin nature. And everybody at some point um, has to come to realize that they are really broken. That they're Now, you and I are broken in different ways, mm-hmm. but we're still broken. That's right. Um, and just like Dr. Savelle said last, uh, last episode, that if you picture two glasses, they look exactly the same, but when you drop them, they shatter on the ground differently. And it takes a different process to put each one of those back together. And so as long as we're allowing God to be the, the surgeon, if you will, to do the That's internal good. work mm-hmm. to put us back together, then we know then we can have peace that when he is finished with us, when, when we are a completed work through him and in him, that we can trust that it'll be to his glory and we can trust that it will be solid and that, and that it will, that it will, he will give us the strength to maintain. Amen. Amen. I agree that. And so, you know, based on my experiences, George, um, with the gay community, I love them. I have a heart of compassion. And, uh, you know, if you're struggling out there, with same-sex attraction or with homosexuality or, or lesbianism or transgenderism, just know, just know that you're not the only one struggling with it and that there are many, many, many people in the Christian faith who have walked in the same steps that you're walking in and who have allowed God to come in and to really re-identify who they are. Because you're right, George, if we listen to the world about who we are, the world's going to deceive us and lead us astray every, at every turn. But if we just listen and open our hearts to what God says about us, that who we are, we're children of God, That's right. and He loves us unconditionally. That's right. And unconditionally, by the way, means without conditions. That's right. Right? That's right. And so, you know, um, it really is. It's the Holy Spirit that sets us free. So, uh, George, I want to just go over a, a few side, side effects because, you know, like I said before, the gay community is one of the most welcoming, loving communities in existence. They're very encouraging and they're very supportive, especially if someone is just coming out. Um, they, they want you to embrace who you are. And I wanted to say that that's a little dangerous because here's, here's what they don't often tell you and here, here's what they don't like to talk about. Now, the George, I'm going to go over a few of these. And this isn't, these aren't things that I'm saying. These aren't things that you're saying. These aren't even things that the Bible is saying. This is the sinner's for disease control. And we tend to listen to the CDC, don't we, when it comes to COVID-19 and pandemics and all of the precautions that we're supposed to take. So we follow the science when it comes to the pandemic uh, and diseases like this. So I just want to read this from the Centers for Disease Control. They say this, that the gay and bisexual men, that gay and bisexual men are more likely than other men to suffer from major depression, bipolar, anxiety disorders, drug and alcohol addiction, HIV, AIDS, and other sexually transmitted diseases, and suicide. Would you agree with that, George? Or I agree with that. You do? Now, you had said before that you had experienced some major depression, even some suicidal thoughts. Is that right? Especially when you, you identify as a Christian, but you're still struggling with those desires. And when you fall... When you when you enter into a sinful situation, you, you experience a, a type of separation. You feel distant from God, but 
you know, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm. That, that, that works the same for the gay community as it does for the straight community. And so the CDC also reports that lesbian and bisexual women are more likely than other women to suffer from STDs, the HPV, which is a human papillomavirus, I think I'm saying that right, uh, major depression and anxiety, drug and alcohol addiction, and suicide. So it seems like that there are a lot of potential harmful side effects that go along with not just, you know, um, being gay, but, you know, <laughs> for a whole myriad of things. And, you know, we see the culture that we're living in today, right? And I've heard some folks in the gay community say, well, they experience these side effects, these these different uh, emotional disorders, uh, major depression and, and bipolar and anxiety because um, of the secrecy of being gay and having to hide it from their friends, family, and their coworkers. But I would say this, that if you look at our culture that we're living in today, the LGBTQ plus community has been welcomed, overwhelmingly welcomed into our society and celebrated more than ever. And so that I agree that maybe 15 or 20 years ago that the secrecy probably caused a lot of anxiety uh, and depression, but it really doesn't hold a lot of water anymore because, in fact, same-sex marriage protection was established by the United States Supreme Court on June 26th in 2015. And so I think, George, and you, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, and, but I think that people who are gay or, or homosexual, if they were really, 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 truly honest with themselves, I think they would agree that living gay is not any easier than living straight. That's true. There are, there are certain, and I won't, go, I won't be graphic, but there are certain types of sexual relations associated with men that cause a particular... Um, diseases. Of course, one is a human papillomavirus. And um, it's, I, if I could just be, if, you know, I, if I could just tell you the one experience I had, I heard a young man in agony and I knew, and I knew, I didn't know what first what it was, but I realized he had been um, in a homosexual group and having frequent relations. And it, it comes with a cost. It really does. Hmm. And so, you know, it, it's not any easier than a heterosexual uh, relationship or living straight. In fact, most would say it's more difficult because of what you just said, because there are significantly more relationship challenges between two people of the same gender. And so now I know and I expect, George, that we will get a lot of haters out there. Mm -hmm. We may even get canceled from YouTube or, or Spotify for talking about this topic about the truth behind being gay or homosexual. And, but I want you to hear me closely when I say this. I love the gay community with all my heart. I really I do. do. I have, I've never, I've had nothing, nothing but the highest respect and admiration for their courage and their perseverance. And I wish nothing ill of anyone who is gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, or who's struggling with these identity challenges. I encourage all believers to have a heart of compassion for the gay community because all yes. of us need Jesus. That's right. All of us need Jesus. We're all broken in some form or fashion. And so my prayer is that the creator will reveal himself in such a powerful way that 
anyone who's in the LGBTQ plus community will believe and receive Christ as their Savior, just like you did, George. Amen. Just like you did. Amen. And this is the same prayer that, that, that I pray for anyone and everyone who doesn't currently know Christ as their Savior. And so again, you know, one last thing, if you're struggling with the everyday challenges of life and, and you would like for someone to pray for you, go to www.capstone.church and click on the prayer request link in the upper right-hand corner, and someone will receive that uh, request, and we will be praying over that, over that request during our meetings, our staff meetings. And if you're specifically struggling with being gay and would like someone to talk to and maybe answer some questions, you can email me personally at phenderson at capstone.church. Church, I promise I will not try to convert you. I'm not going to try to change you. I'm not going to pass judgment on you. I'm not going to thump you over the head with the Bible. That's not true Christianity. What I will promise you is this. I will love you. I will respect you. And I'll answer any questions that you have truthfully and to the best of my ability. Well, that's it for this episode. Okay. Um, I hope that, that y'all have enjoyed listening to my very special guest, George Stutzman. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, send us an email at info at capstone.church. If you're watching on YouTube, feel free to leave any non-profanity-laced comments below uh, because they'll get deleted if you use profanity. I'm sorry. It's, it's not what you say. It's how you say it uh, that gets you deleted. So please keep in mind this is a no-judgment zone. People are free to express their thoughts and opinions even if they don't line up with your own. This is the essence of the First Amendment constitutional right to freedom of speech. Thanks again for listening and watching. And remember, stay in the word, stay alert, and be not deceived. God bless y'all. We love you. Bye-bye.